Because your life may depend on it this morning. Your eternal salvation may depend on it this morning. Where you are in Christ depends on you listening this morning. You see, in Matthew 16, I found this verse. And how many understand that, that Satan will use you? Are you listening? Satan will use people. Satan will use you. Kids, Satan will use you. If you can come to this church and not get right with God, not make things right with God, week after week, day after day, year after year. Can I say this? I confess every day. Sometimes, multiple times a day, just depending on who I'm running into. You ever see those people coming? You're just like, oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Here she come again. Now, I'm not going to mention her name because she's here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. But sometimes we run into people who allow Satan to use them. Sometimes we go home to people who allow Satan to use them. Sometimes we're in an environment where you see like masses of people, like schools, workplaces, the wrong places where Satan is using people. I want you to understand this. Satan uses people. And if you are not careful, now I want you to hear this and I'm done. If you are not careful, Satan will use you. Satan will use you if you are not careful. If you don't know his tricks, if you don't know his schemes, if you don't know what tools he's got out there, he will use you, Dean. He'll use Jana. He'll use Rachel. He'll use me. Somebody said, if you let Satan in the car with you, he don't want to be a passenger. He's got to be the driver. But I asked Jesus to take the wheel when Carrie Underwood sang that song. I said, Lord, drive this thing. That's why I go so fast, because we got a lot of stuff to do. Me and the Lord, he's driving. Let's do that in for free for all y'all. Give me a hard time about my driving. Would somebody agree with me on one moment that, that Satan uses people? Can, can we agree on something else that if we are not careful, he will use us? He will use us. He'll let our pride, our jealousy, our envy, he'll let it get in the way. Turn with me to Matthew 16. I want to show you for uh, Matthew 16. I want to show you. I want to show you this morning that Satan will use man. Satan will use people. And Satan will sometimes use the best Christians. Ha <laughs> ha! Satan will sometimes use the best Christians. The ones least likely to you just expect it from. Wow, I wouldn't suspect that from them. I wouldn't suspect that from her. I wouldn't suspect that from them people. Satan uses people. He's crafty, Jack. I know some people in this church, they can build some stuff and they can make it right. But Satan is really good at building and scheming and master manipulator. He's the father. When you get the title of father of something, he's the father of lies. He can take something that was meant for good and turn it around and make it for evil. But thank God we got a Lord that watches over us, that will never leave us nor forsake us, that tells us to wake up, that we're at war, that we're at war, that we're at war, brothers and sisters. You better put the paint on. You better break out the armor because you're in a battle. And you have an enemy. And the enemy is Satan. And he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. I was thinking about standing here this morning wondering if this could hold me, but I guess it is. 
I was thinking about in the old days when a guy stole a horse or stole cattle that they would throw a rope over a tree and they would tie a noose around his neck and they would choke it real tight and they would put this man on trial and if they found him guilty, if there was proof enough that he had stole that, they would whistle or shoot a gun and the horse would run out from underneath him or if he was on a table or a piece of wood, they would knock it out and he would choke to death. You see, I see so many people right now spiritually allowing Satan to put the noose around their neck and choke them to death. And as hard as I try, sometimes there's nothing I can do about it. As hard as you try, there's nothing you can do about it. Because see, I've learned a long time ago that you're the one that is allowing him to put that on there. You see, nobody told them to steal the horses. Nobody told them to steal the cattle. They did it by free will. God gave us free will to make a choice. I'm so glad this held me. Matthew 16, got my Bible? Verse 21, I'll show you something real quick. From the first time, verse 21, Matthew 16, verse 21, Jesus predicts his death. From the first time on Jesus, from, the time, from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciple that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day he will rise again. How many believe in Easter? It's time to start talking about it. It's time to start believing it. It's time to believing that that tomb was empty. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day he will rise again. Now Peter, now, now this is where I told you that God will use man. I mean Satan will use man. God will use man and Satan will use man. Peter was one of the chosen. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That is a time where you and I should wake up and think that Satan will use us if we let him. Peter, God was using Peter. He said, upon this man, I'm going to build my church. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Peter established the church. Peter was chosen. How many people believe that they're here right now by divine appointment? That God put you here, that you're chosen. This is your church. This is your spot. You've looked around the world. You couldn't find a better place than right here where you're supposed to be right now. Peter was chosen in his spot, serving the Lord, one of the twelve, eating at the Lord's supper table, partaking. Judas had already uh, schemed up this thing. Uh, Judas had already been entered by Satan. One terminology in the Bible says that he was entered by Satan. See, See, Satan will use you if you let him. So Jesus, here he is, he's predicting his death. He says, I'm going to have to go, and I'm going to have to go behind these priests and these elders and up front of all these teachers of the law, and they're going to kill me. But don't you worry about that death on that cross, because in three days I will rise again. But Peter, being like us, he's like, I ain't happening on my watch. See, the problem I see with some of y'all's watch is we fall asleep like them disciples do. 
We forget how important it is to put on the full armor of God and we're at war. We fall asleep day in and day out that we need the Lord every moment, every hour, every minute. We fall asleep thinking that we got this now, Lord. I got this problem, Lord. I can handle this. I've been going through. I can handle that. You can't handle nothing by yourself. So I, 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 here you see, here you see Jesus turns and Peter comes in and he says, he says, he begins to rebuke him. He says, never, Lord, he says, never. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely of human concerns. Let me say this to you this morning. You're out of your mind. You are crazy if you don't think that Satan uses people. You are out of your mind. You're crazy. You're not thinking right if you don't think that Satan can't use you. That's why it's so important for us to get right before we embark on these ministries, before we're, we're going on a ski trip, before we're doing things in our lamb center, before we're serving the coffee, before we're making the donut, before whatever we're doing, we need to ask God to forgive us that we would be right with our brothers, with our sisters, with Him, with Him mainly. God wants to get us right this morning. Let me say this to you this morning. If you think Satan won't use you, you're crazy. He used Peter, he'll use you. We are at war. Satan, the devil, hates us and he wants to destroy us. We must be aware of the enemy's weapons and his tactics because our spiritual life depends on it. The Apostle Paul was well aware of the dangers of, that Satan poses for Christians. We must follow Paul's example and not be ignorant when it comes to his schemes and his devices. If you look in 2 Corinthians, it talks about not being ignorant to Satan's devices, to his schemes. It talks about not being ignorant. Don't you sometimes just want to shake your head? And why people are allowing the devil to run all over them. Sometimes I look in the mirror and shake my head say it at myself. Sometimes I'm like, why did I allow Satan to do that to me? For example, one time I thought I was having a heart attack. I was in the hospital. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was going to die. And, and, and I sat there. I was worried. I was fretting. I knew that the Lord had my soul, but I didn't think he had this heart attack. I thought I was about out. They came in and said, we're going to have to go through your growing. We're going to have to go up in there. We're going to have to take a picture of your heart. If we find anything, we'll begin to repair. And if that don't work, we'll crack you open. I was like, oh, Lord, I'm dead. I was so scared. I was scared. That's a fear that some of us have is, is the fear of the unknown. You know, God knows what's coming. Come on, somebody, hear me. God knows what's coming. God knows who's coming against you. God knows what's coming and God knows who's coming against you. Sometimes if we don't understand his tactics, we'll never know who's coming or what's coming against us. I was just a young Christian man. I thought this was the end. Thank God I'm saved, but I'm never going to be able to do anything else. But oh, God had a different plan. Through the prayers of my church family, through my family praying for me, they went in and they took a look and they come back and said, your heart is fine. I was so mad at myself for doubting God, for listening to Satan's whispers in his lies. You see, there's another voice that comes into your head, tells you to do things you know ain't right, to go to places that you know shouldn't go, to, 
to scheme things you know you would never scheme. I'm speaking real this morning. And if we're not careful, kids that are talking in the back, you're going to miss this. And you're not going to know that he's there to try to destroy you. And you're going to think you got it all together, but you really don't. That's why I need to be with him every day. That's why it's important to read your Bible. Get in the Word. Plug into a church. Be involved. There is nothing that's helped me more than being involved. Where would I be today? Where would you be today if you weren't involved? The Apostle Paul was aware, aware of the dangers Satan posed for Christians. We must follow what Paul says. This means that we must understand the devil's tricks, his traps, examine the weapons that he used. So what are some of the weapons that, that Satan uses? I talked about it in my opening remarks today, our pride. He uses our pride. We get puffed up about things. We get prideful about things. We get stubborn about things. We get mad about things. We let those things resonate in our heart. And if we don't get those things out of our heart, they will destroy us. Somebody ought to hear me. I'm talking to you today. I'm not talking to who's sitting around you. I'm talking to you. If you don't throw your pride out the window right now, Satan's going to use that against you. I know people right now that are, that, are, that are allowing pride to keep them from talking to their kids, to keep them from going to a church where they know they should be at. I know people right now that are letting their pride and their stubbornness and the foolishness of the whispers of Satan keep them from their spot. It troubles me in my heart because I know that it's a trick. It's a scheme. And he's the mastermind behind all that. And if you don't know that he won't use people, you are out of your mind. You're crazy. Just yesterday, I was ordering something to, for breakfast at the rodeo. I wanted some, I wanted some uh, biscuits and gravy, and, and, and I wanted that. And the lady at the window gave me attitude. All of a sudden, I realized that my pride was fun. Who are you? I'm going to give you $4 for this biscuits and gravy. What's the matter with you, woman? I want sausage on there at a dollar. I was letting my pride. I was starting to get puffed up. And then I remembered another morning where the jelly robbed my joy. You see, I'm not very smart, very bright, but I can recall sometimes I failed. And I can recall Carrie Helm sometimes I failed miserably. And I said to myself, look, I can let this ruin my day or I can take what she gives me and be glad and rejoice in it. I'm going to tell you right now, the enemy will use your pride. You don't think you got a fair deal, so you get mad. You don't think that you were, you were given the kudos that you need, so you quit your job. You destroy your family with your pride. One of Satan's strongest weapons is pride. Pride is always a danger, especially when things are going well, such as time of peace and prosperity. Perhaps the best example would be Lucifer himself. Let's talk about him for a minute. Listen to me. Lucifer himself had everything every angel had and then some. He was the prettiest angel. He was the brightest angel. He was the best angel. Y'all need to understand that. If there was a food chain to be on, Lucifer was at the top of the food chain. 
He was, he was favored. He had color. He had beauty. He had probably people and other angels underneath him. And all of a sudden, he got puffed up with his pride. Lucifer, the devil, the father of all lies, the one that is controlling this world right now. Listen, it says that this is his world, but his world's fixing to come to an end, just like it did when they couldn't hold my Lord and Savior in that tomb. He's coming to an end soon. He's coming to an end soon. He's coming to an end soon. Lucifer, let's talk about him. From the time of creation, he always lived under God's perfect rule. Yet eventually his heart was lifted up with pride and he rebelled. He used is that same device right now. Let me break this down for you in cowboy terms. He got the big head. Anybody ever get the big head? Y'all liars. He got the big head, thought he was more than what he was. All of a sudden, God caught on to it. And I say this, God will catch on to your pride. And God will take care of your pride, just like he did Lucifer. If you don't think that the Lord's not throwing pride out the window, why ain't Satan, Lucifer, is still up there and not down here? Because that was a device that he uses, and that's his number one trick, our pride. Well, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to roll up my sleeves. I'm ready to get it on. Well, I see girls all the time just try to put their hair up in a ponytail. When I was growing up, I always wore Wranglers. But if I knew I had a fight coming on, I'd go find me some sweatpants. You can't really fight in tight skin Wranglers. <laughs> can't kick nobody like uh, the Karate Kid in those tight skin Wranglers. I see people all the time fighting right now at the drop of a hat over nothing. And let their pride swell up. Why, if you're around me, I say, look, forgive, let it go. It's not really meant that way. They really didn't mean that. Okay, if that's where they are, let's pray for them. Let's give them to the Lord. Because if we let our pride ruin us, we're going to miss the, all the best that God has for us. Now, I was thinking about it. Paul warns that in the perilous times, the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. Do we see that right now? Do we see people that love themselves? Huh? They love themselves more than they love other people. It's all about them, and it's not about anybody else. I was that guy for a long time. I loved me and no one else, and that was all that mattered. Paul warns that in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, living any way they want to. Friend, if you're not listening today, you better let go of your pride and let God have it. I take pride and I ain't got much. I take pride and I ain't got much. Spit on me, talk about me, get on Facebook. Yeah, I've, I got feelings just like everybody else. But I've learned to turn those things over to the Lord so I can keep going. The other day, the other day I walked into a meeting at another church and I was 
trying to get some business done, and there were several pastors that I'd had preach here before. I know them, I like them, I always talk to them, but there were several people there that I didn't know. They treated me like I wasn't nothing. They treated me like I was just a dog. I was trying to be nice, friendly, polite, but they just shunned me. Can't you see we're talking? I said, okay, I'm sorry, we're not equal, I guess. I got offended, I got hurt. I had to let that hurt go right there. Because, see, I know that God created us all equal. And that God created us all equal. And that's a great thing, that he loves us all the same. And even though they let their ministry and their pride and their, 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 if this is the example you're showing another pastor, what are you showing your church? Are you loving your church or are you just unloving them? I know people right now, if you walked into their church, they wouldn't want you there. But I'll take all of you in here because we're all created equal. I watched a video of a pastor preaching that his mom was a prostitute and her pimps, her pimps tried to make her have an abortion. They punched her in the stomach. They shoved a coat rod up in her. He was born with a speech impediment. He was born, he couldn't hardly talk. He couldn't, he couldn't even speak. He sat in the corner and they had a madam in the house where the mother worked and the pimps were and she would shove a broomstick in places it shouldn't go and she tortured him for 10 years and he was in a special needs program and thank God for one person who didn't let their pride say you know what I need to teach the scholars she said I'll teach the ones that nobody else wants she came into that classroom and she came in with a Gideon Bible and she began to teach them the stories in the Bible and that pastor began to believe those stories he, they, she, he asked her for a Bible he began to read those stories God began to take care of his life, his speech problem, who he was. He wound up saving his whole family. God is so good today. Amen. Another thing, and I'm going to move on pretty quickly, is that he'll use envy. Another powerful device of Satan is envy, especially the kind of envy that is distorted. It's selfish. This goes way back to Cain and Abel when Abel was blessed for his offering. Cain thought it wasn't fair. God knew the attitude of both Cain and Abel, so in his eyes it was totally fair. We know that because of Satan's influences, people liked not to be told what to do. We don't like to be told what to do. None of us. Come on, somebody agree with me. But I've learned that the Lord is not a Lord of rules and regulations. He's a Lord of relationship. And He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. If He tells you that this shouldn't be in your life, then you ought to listen this morning. If He tells you to give up the alcohol, give up the alcohol. If He tells you that them drugs ain't no good for you, if those people ain't no good for you, if living that lifestyle ain't no good for you, don't be envious of other people. Listen to the Lord and do what He commands you to do because He is going to take you. But here's the reason why we don't like to be told what to do because we like our own pleasures. The pleasures of our... See, that's what Satan thought. Well, I'll do it my way. No, you ain't. Can I share with you? You're not going to be able to do it your way. If you can't get along with people down here, you will not be able to get up there. If you can't love your enemies right here, you're not going to be able to get up there. 
I think the standard is somewhere in between and it's found in this Bible. And if you want to get up there, you better start following this Bible and you better start listening to it because there's going to be no tears, no sorrow, no heartache, no handicapped parking spots, a place of great beauty and peace and joy. So we need to get right with God and not be jealous and envious and let our, let our flesh, our flesh take over. So if you give in to your flesh this morning, maybe you're watching pornography, maybe you're going and partaking in stuff that you shouldn't, Maybe right now you got me fooled, your family fooled, but you ain't got God fooled. He sees everything. The forbidden pleasures grab people's attention. The nightlife, the nightlife. I know right now there are people right now that think the, the nightlife, the, 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 when the neon lights start to glow, it's time to go. I put that in my, my, my heart this morning that, you know what, if all I can look forward to the weekend is drinking and partying, I ain't got much to look forward to. But I know that there's another cup that I can drink from, and it's the cup of blessings that come from my Lord and Savior. So if I'm going to drink, if I'm going to party, if I'm going to dance, I'm going to do it before the Lord. With all my might. There's another cup that I drink from these days. In the ends of times, there will be people who want their ears itched. Paul warned about the devices of Satan, itchy ears. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, 2 Timothy 4. But according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. And it is the truth that sets you free. Paul was warning Timothy that if you don't preach the truth, you're allowing Satan in. You see, I've learned that there's four D's and I'm done. These devices, these four D's. That's when Satan really puts the noose around the neck. The first one is disappointment. If he can get you disappointed, if he can get you disappointed, like if this table falls, it feels like it's going to fall. Tempt not. Listen to these D's. Listen, listen, I'm done. I am done. Listen to these four D's. Michael, are you listening? These four D's. If he can get you disappointed, he can get you out of church. If he can get you disappointed, he can get you out of fellowship. If he can get you disappointed, he can get you divorced. If he can get you disappointed, he can get you broke. If he can get you disappointed, he can get your soul. Here's one of the D's he uses. It's disappointment. Anytime we look to people as our standard, we can be disappointed. But if we trust and have faith in God, he will not put us to shame. Another D that he uses is this, discouragement. If all your efforts fail, you get discouraged, you tried, you came to church, you did everything you could, now you're discouraged. If he can get you discouraged, he can get you divorced, defeated. He can get you down. He can get you out. And he's laughing. When he puts this D on top of you, what's it, if we call him the devil, his name starts with D, so we got to watch out for these four Ds. I want you to write them down if you're taking notes, or if not, tattoo them on your forehead. I don't know, but do something. Discouragement, disappointment, 
When we dwell on disappointments, it often leads to discouragement. But God has given us the Holy Bible. His plan and His promise and His encouragement is found in this Word. Another one he uses is doubt. I talked to a pastor yesterday. He's a new pastor. He don't even know it yet. He's been called to a church, but he wonders if it's God calling him. He's got a little circle of people around him. Be careful about your circle. He's got a little circle around him, and they all say, well, what if you get down there and you don't make it? What if you get down there and those people turn on you? What if you get down there? He called me yesterday. I was on my way back from Nacogdoches. He said, what, what, what do you think took you to your spot? What do you think got you there? It was my faith over the voices of doubt. I said, don't listen to those people in that circle because those people are chickens. God wants to take you where the eagles fly. He, I said, where are you supposed to go? He said, I'm supposed to go to flat Texas. I said, the home of the bullet pickers. That's what they do. That's over there by Fort Hood. Connie, you don't know nothing about that. That's what the people, they shoot them bullets out of them cannons and the bullet, the flat people in flat tech, they run there and get that brass and they sell that brass. I locked up with some of them. We call them bullet pickers. <laughs> they was crazy, man. I ain't tell you. They would shoot them tanks and them bullet pickers would run out there and grab all that brass. <laughs> I said, boy, you got a ministry ahead of you. Well, how do I know it's God? I said, God don't call the equipped. He equips the ones he calls. I said, you're young. I said, you're beautiful. I said, you're talented. I said, your wife and kids are on fire for God. You've been in this church. The word is in your heart. Now quit doubting God and get out there and do what you're supposed to do. Chris Langhart, if you're listening, I call him by name. I want him to be successful in God. Get away from that circle of doubters. And the last thing is division. He can break you up. Huh? He can get you off to yourself. He can break up the unity in this church. He will. So I've, I've covered some stuff that you should be listening. Listen, disappointment, discouragement, doubt, and then he uses division. Doubt and worry can lead to division and the division of loyalty. These kings, these things can let things come between people and let things could come between them and God. That's why I said, folks, that we're at war. And you're worth fighting for. Your kids are worth fighting for. That's why we're taking them skiing. Let me ask you something. If someone was going to hurt your kid, would you do everything that you can to stop them? If your kid goes to church here and someone tries to hurt them, I'm going to do everything possible within me to stop them. We got to put on a war mindset like that. If the enemy's in your marriage this morning, put on the war mindset. No, I'm going to fight for my marriage. Grass is not greener on the other side. It's just grass on the other side. 
your walk with Christ is valuable. It's worth fighting for this morning. Hold on to it. Plug in. If you feel like yourself is being pulled away from the power source, then plug yourself in. Plug yourself in. When I'm working on a house, I'm done. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Listen to me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm, I'm, I'm not a very good carpenter. But sometimes I have to be because I ain't got no money. And sometimes I have to do what I got to do. And so when I'm doing some carpentry work and I got to get some extension cords out. Now, every head bowed and every eye closed. And I got to get some extension cords out. And I, 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 I got I to do a little work around the house. And the other day, the other day I, I had to pressure wash my house because mold was starting to grow on the side of it. So I got my pressure washer out. I had got the proper tool. You see, you got to know that there are tools out there. I told you that at the beginning of this message. God has the right tools, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, praise and worship, music, Caney Creek Cowboy Church, the best church in the world. He's got the right tools out there for you. And now I know that Satan's got the wrong tools out there for you. Discouragement, doubt, disbelief. So I know that I got my pressure washer out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'll make a point. I got my pressure washer out, and I plugged it in, and I was pressure washering the side of my house. Now, vision me doing this, because I don't do this a lot. I'm out there, and I'm pressure washing the side of my house, and I'm moving my pressure washer over a little at a time as I go, and it becomes unplugged. And I started thinking, great, I broke my pressure washer. I didn't know what happened. I looked at the tool. I looked at the machine. I started to examine it. I pushed the button several times. I kicked it a couple of times. I was mad. I, I picked it up. I looked at it. I shook it. I was like, what in the world's going on? I checked the faucet holes. I had plenty of water. What happened? Why is this thing not working? I, I was just about to give up. I was just about to get discouraged. It looked like a good time for a fat boy to take a break. Every head bowed and every eye closed. But I kept looking because I wanted to finish. Finishing to me was important. As I walked back towards the garage, I noticed that the extension cord, the two that I had together, were unplugged. You see, I pulled the pressure washer a little too far. And it came unplugged. You know what I did, folks? Every head bowed and every eye closed. I got them two cords together, and I entangled them, and I plugged them together, and I tied a knot in them where they could not come apart. Stand with me right now. Mike, would you play some music? Stand with me right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I, I pulled them things tight together. Hold somebody's hand next to you. I pulled them things, this, this cord, I pulled it tight together where it would not come undone so I could finish the task at hand. Hold somebody's hand next to you. The hand that's holding you is the hand you need to finish the job, to get it done. I want to encourage you this morning not to get disappointed. If you are disappointed, take those disappointments to our Lord. If you're discouraged, take those discouragements to the Lord. If you doubt, 
take those doubts and fears to the Lord. If something's trying to unplug you, cause division, plug yourself back in this morning. Come down to this altar if you need it. Let go of the hand and come down to this altar. Let me pray for you. Come right now. Maybe it's been a bad week, a bad month, bad year. Feel like everything is driving you away. Good news is that our Lord and Savior is alive. He's the power source. He is the power source. Hey, I got that job done. My wife came home and said, Honey, the house looks beautiful. She gave me a big old kiss. You see, there's going to be something beautiful that lies ahead of us if we stay plugged in. I ask you today to stay plugged in. Don't let go of the power source. If you're weak, he is strong. If you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. If you feel like you're unloved, you are so loved here in this place. God, thank you for this altar. Thank you for these people. Father, as they come forward, Father, we plug into you right now. Together we hold hands. Together we embrace what you are doing, Father. We let go of our pride, our envy, our jealousy, Father. Father, we rebuke Satan and we put on the full armor of God today. Come on, somebody agree with me. That we will put on the full armor of God. It's not just a saying, it's a doing. The Bible says don't let us just be hearers of the word. Let us be doers of the word. We are in a war, folks. I'm fighting for my children right now. I'm fighting Satan all the way to glory for my kids. I'm fighting for my ministry right now. No weapon formed against it shall prosper. Not one weapon, not one fiery dart will ever hit this place in Jesus' mighty name. I'm fighting for you right now. I'm fighting for you right now. You're going to stay sober. It was so good to see my friends stroll up to church today. I know that they're sober. I know that God is working. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. In Jesus' name, I pray for everyone in this place. If you're listening at home, I pray for you. I pray that you will stand firm. Because when you are tested, our Lord and Savior is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tested more than you can endure. And when the testing's over, your faith will have a chance to grow. And you can say that it was my Lord and Savior who brought me through. Folks, the anchor holds this morning. The anchor holds. Stay plugged in. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that's never prayed and asked you into their heart, that they would pray with me right now. Just pray with me right where you are and say, Dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. God bless you. If you prayed that, God bless you. In Jesus' name, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Can we